Latoya. What what was her name? It's Latoya. Ooh, 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 ah, ah. Let me give you, I was like, you know, I'll give you all a little remix on there. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your 30-somethings and your 40-somethings. And we're on a quest, y'all. We're on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital-driven world. I hope everyone is doing great out there. And I'm just so happy that you are here and you are listening. If this is your first time, welcome. When you're done with this episode and only when you're done, you should always go back when you're done and go and check out the other episodes. And also keeping in mind that I'm a work in progress. So you'll see the progression of the podcast episodes as I have come along. If you are not new and you've been kicking it with me, I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you so much. And you know, I always like to say, my my little crowd out there, the little analogers, y'all really amp me up. And I thank y'all so much for listening. Um, Also, don't forget Go check out my website, theanalogirl.com. Ain't much on there. I just need y'all to sign up for the email list, okay? Um, the email list is going to keep y'all in the know of what all the things that's coming in May and June. So again, that's theanalogirl.com is on um, and sign up for the email list. That's what I want y'all to do. Also, when you're done listening to this episode, and if you enjoyed yourself, I hope you have. I hope you did. I hope you enjoyed all these conversations that I like to have with you guys, these vulnerable, transparent, raw conversations that I think are very relatable to a lot of y'all out there. If you enjoy it, please, 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 when you're done, um, if you can rate and subscribe wherever you're listening, especially on iTunes, drop me a little note and rate and subscribe there. It would really help me out. It's, you guys have been doing it. I see the numbers creeping up and it's really helping me. It's giving me some credibility out here in these podcast streets. And I'm just so happy. I'm happy for that guys. And it's good. And it's really helping me out. So, uh, yeah, when you get a chance, do that for your girl, huh? All right. Let's go on into this check-in. I feel like I be talking like real fast and stuff like that. I, I gotta like start slowing, slowing down, slow down. Mm, you little hooker, slow. Yeah, I need to slow down. But anyway, hi guys, how are y'all doing? I hope your anxiety levels are low to non-existent. And if not, you know we do our breathing. So let's just do it real quick in through the nose. Hold it. Breathe out through the mouth. All that anxiety and all that tension, breathe it all the way out. One more time, in through the nose. Hold it. Breathe out through the mouth. All that anxiety. One more time, because it just feels so good. In through the nose. And hold it and breathe out through the mouth. Don't you feel good? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel zen? I mean, if anything, it's going to help you for a few minutes. So, um, analog girl, (laughs) anxiety check-in for your girl this week. Um, You know, I'm getting good news this week which God is good. God is sustaining. Um, God, God is, uh, putting money in my pockets. 
so that I can uh, pay these bills, you know, because I've got rent. I got car note. The bills do rent, do light bills, do all that do, 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 do. Um, and, you know, things are looking up. I can't really talk about all of it just yet. But just know that things are looking up and God is good. And I'm just feeling so grateful for that, that uh, the, the dollars is coming in. All right. So your girl is about to have a, a really nice summer. Um, but I'm still on this quest to um, figure out what it is that I want to do with my life uh, career wise. And it's still a little grappling to me. Is that? A, I hope that's a word. You know, I, you guys know how I am with words and shit. But it is just, a, it's still very overwhelming to me to figure out what my career is going to be. Um, and um, how am I going to get this, like, uh, consistent money and, you know, residual money and stuff like that. So it's been very, it's still been very overwhelming trying to figure that out. What has been helping me though, and I think that it's actually, um, this has been really good. Um, I've been doing 31 days of prayer, uh, and I've been reading this book, 31 days of prayer by Ruth Myers and Warren Myers. It's a husband and wife team. And then there's another book called 31 days of praise. So I've been talking about it on my Instagram, um, a lot, um, because there's been people that was reaching out to me and asking me, um, what, um, books they are. So I, um, I'm trying to pull up the thing here. Sorry, y'all. So, um, anyway, but yeah, so the 31 days of prayer has been a really good book for me to like, I, I always was praying. I've always been a prayer, right. But I always think that I'm not praying right. I don't know if I'm saying the right words. I don't know. I just don't know. You know, like, how, Cause I be having like straight up conversation with God, like, "Hey, yo, bruh, like, what's really good? What's really good? So, am I gonna be going through this, 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 this shit over and over? Like, what's what's happening? I try not to curse, cause y'all know I got a cussing spirit, but I try not to curse. But I be having those kind of conversations, so I feel like with the thirty one days of prayer, it's helped me to incorporate scripture in my prayer, because I think that I, that it's hard for me to do that. So if you're out there and you're, you want to, you want to strengthen your prayer life. Um, and even if you are a praying person and you just want to, you know, you just want to add some more, advance it. This is a book that I would refer to you guys because it helps you to incorporate scriptures in your prayer and a lot of these scriptures. Um, and, and, you know, and, and it just takes away the research of trying to find certain scriptures or whatever that have that pertain to, um, everyday life or what we struggle with, with the prayer though, it's also been opening my eyes that to opening my eyes to, um, that to the fact that I need to be praying like for other people too, like, the pr- prayer doesn't have to necessarily always be a selfish thing. For me, it was like I was always praying. It was always out of a specific need for myself. And if I was praying for someone else, it was because it was beneficial to me, um, praying for that person. And this this is now putting me in a space where I'm just unconditionally 
loving on people and praying on people, even people I don't know, even people um, I'm not really that close with or I don't really know that well. Um, Just praying for everybody, people I got beef with, you know, it's teaching me that it's, it's maturing me in my prayer life. So that has been really, um, I'm seeing a difference. I'm seeing a difference in my emotions and in my feelings, um, while I'm praying and I'm even throughout the days, cause I've been, I've been keeping up with it. I do see a difference in my emotions and my feelings. Um, I'm not feeling as down. I'm not feeling as depressed. I'm not. And I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling a lot more optimistic. Um, I'm not being consistent with other things in my life, but with this, I have been being consistent and I'm feeling good about that. So if you're interested, it's 31 days of prayer. The book, it says on here, like for for donation only, and it's not to be sold. Um, but listen, folks is um, selling it online for like $3.50. I mean, you can't beat that. So you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. I think they still sell, sell stuff online so you can get it there um, for $3.50. Listen, you won't be disappointed. If you was a praying somebody or you want to become a praying somebody, you will not be disappointed. Also, um, this week, I had the opportunity to watch Brene Brown's um, Vulnerability. I think it's called The Call to Courage. It, comes, it came on Netflix. Guys, if you have not watched Call, A Call to Courage, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging any and everybody to watch um, that special and then go, then go Google her and like watch all of her other, um, talks. She talks about shame. She talks about, is it vulnerability, shame? There's another one. She's a, she's a professional shame researcher and unworthiness. And there was something else that she talks about, but she majority, her, her majority of her studies is about shame and vulnerability. And yo, watching this, um, special, made me realize that, um, you know, your girl could be, the, I, I could be a cold hearted bitch sometimes. That's what I realized. I, I really did. And I, it made me like, really think like, damn girl, you really afraid to be vulnerable. Like, I don't want to be no kind of vulnerable. And what made me realize this is that I'm gonna tell y'all a story. So Y'all know, like, I'm single and I'm out here, like, you know, meeting guys and um, the whole getting to know people thing in the beginning is like, it's so annoying to me. And I guess because I'm just so used to when I was younger. Um, and of course, I, I, you know, I've only had two long term relationships in my life where those things, when we met, it was like instantaneous and we just hit the ground running and like went straight on it. So after that, now me in my late thirties, um, dating, I just, the whole getting to know somebody and like taking it easy and taking it slow and, um, just falling back. Um, it, it fucks with me. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. It fucks with me. Right. So and meeting somebody, right. I met someone and I, um, like the lines of communication was a little dwindled off. I hope this person is not listening. I really do. (laughs) 
So but anyway, it's just an example. It's no shade thrown. It just was an, uh, it was, uh, I was, I, it was eye opening to who I am and what things that I need to change about myself. Just in case I got to put the disclaimer out, just in case this particular person is listening, but I just surely hope that that person is not. But anyway, so the lines of communication were a little like not moving in the, the way that I thought that it should be moving. Right. So I instantaneously felt like I, I became like, a, oh, I'm not good enough or it's like a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not liked enough or I'm not being thought about. Um, I'm being ignored. Um, and I went into an immediate uh, fear, place of fear where. I'm like, oh, this is like how it always is with people. Like if they ignore you or, you know, or if they're not speaking to me in this cer- cer- certain amount of time frame, that this particular person just doesn't like you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. So, you know, and I wasn't thinking like, wait a minute, you need to step back, girl. This Everything is not about you. People got things going on in their life. And maybe this is just not the right time for you all to connect Or maybe this person has a whole lot of shit going on. Like those weren't things that I was, well, I was contemplating those things, but at the same time, still fighting those feelings of what the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I not getting this response? Why am I, you know, why is this, why is this conversation seem like it's so hard to be had? So ultimately what did I do? I shut down and I yeah, I completely shut down. And watching Brene Brown, it was just so, it was so like in my face that the whole shutdown thing is just not, it's for the birds. And that we do need to, we have to take risk. And anything in, anything that you do in life, whether it's in your love life, whether it's business, whether it's with your, with whatever you're doing in life, you do have to be open to taking risks. And if you're always scared of getting hurt or you're always scared of failure, um, you're always going to be in this place of fear and you're never really going to progress as a person. You'll never really see success if you don't uh, embrace the fear and just be fucking vulnerable. And one of the things she said was vulnerability and tenderness is a very important thing to have in your life. And I am now um, going to be always monitoring how I'm feeling, how I'm interpreting things. Because honestly, this particular person, he, oh, I'm not, I don't even want to say he or she, this particular person might not even like me, which is fine. But I don't need to take it to a point where I'm internalizing it and for, you know, and I just have to shut down and all of a sudden this woe is me and this unworthiness thing. I took that risk uh, to put myself out there to get, you know, a certain person. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't necessarily mean anything good or bad. So that's really what I learned from Brene Brown. And you can't, you know, you just can't selectively numb your emotions. You know what I mean? Because even if, and the one thing she said was in selectively numbing your emotions, right? You think you're numbing your bad emotions. So I think that um, by cutting off and, you know, and falling back and just, just, just shutting down the way I tend to shut down is numbing my emotions. I'm numbing negative emotions, but at the same time, when you're numbing negative emotions, you're also numbing positive emotions. So then in essence, you're not even giving yourself uh, a a chance to even feel joy or happiness or anything. 
So you're just messing your whole self up. So I was just like, wow, Brene got some fucking facts. Like she got some ideas. So anyway, guys, that is my anxiety check-in that I'm definitely going to be on some, I need to be a little more vulnerable, be a little more tender, um, be a, be fearless um, in dating and be fearless in career too as well. So I hope that I know there's some people out there who's probably like, um, girl, please, these fuck boys out here ain't finna get me being vulnerable. I understand all of that, but we still, um, if we are constantly having a wall up thinking everyone is a fuck boy, how are we ever going to find the right one? How are we going to find the one who's not a fuck boy? You know what I'm saying? Or fuck girl, if for any guys, for the analog daddies that's listening, it pertains to you guys too. So you just never know. All right, you know, I told you guys that I have the hotline, which I forgot to tell people to call. Um, we'll do that next week. But I still get questions um, through email, for Facebook Messenger, Instagram. And I told you guys I'd be answering on the podcast um, because a lot of the times, um, people's there, I get the same question from a couple of different people. So instead of me saying it over and over, I, um, decided I'll just answer these questions on the podcast. So this question comes in from a listener on Facebook and she says, it was pretty long, but I'll read it to you guys. Um, I've been emotional earlier because this year I am planning to pursue my longtime dream of becoming a flight attendant. I feel hopeless. I felt hopeless earlier, but I promised myself that I will get through this. I did before and I can do it again. I was just being emotional. Then I felt that what's happening right now is like a deja vu of what had happened two years ago because there are things that are similar to what I had happened before and I got scared. So I was avoiding a lot of things because I fear that there is an impending doom that's going to happen. Um, then it says, then she says, um, can I get some tips or advice so I can practice? For example, when I'm having difficulty sleeping at night because I feel anxious or a few minutes after I wake up, should I do the things my mind is trying to avoid because I fear that something bad is going to happen? So, um, speaking from my experience of the depersonalization, um, with going to sleep and waking up. Um, when it was really, really, really bad for me, um, in the beginning, I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. The first couple days, my mom had to sleep with me because your girl thought, I thought, I, I thought it was the big one. I didn't know what was going on. So the first couple of days, my mom was straight up in my queen size bed here in my apartment, <laughs> um, sleeping with me. Um, but then, um, which I'm thankful for. She stayed with me a couple of days and then she was just like, you know, you're going to have to do this by yourself. And I was like scared. I was so scared. And she just looked at me and she was like, I'm going to go home. And you've been living on your own for so long. You've come this far. You didn't come this far to now be scared to live alone. So um, she left and I cried. And then what I started to do was listen to the soothing meditations. Um, there was one girl I found on YouTube and you can Google this stuff if you're into it, but this is what worked for me. Y'all asked me, what I, do I have any tips? What do I do? This is what worked for me. 
Um, I found a young woman who was doing some affirmations for depersonalization. A lot of the times affirmations don't work because, um, you know, you got to be in the feeling or whatever. But this worked for me because it was kind of reassuring that one, somebody else had been out there experiencing this mind altering weird situation um, that I had no clue about at that time. So the affirmations would be like, you know, you're completely safe. You're not going crazy. Um, your brain is just oh, tired. This is just your brain's way of, of telling you it's tired, those kind of things. So I was just listening to that. And it also had like this calming music behind it. So those were the things that I would listen to. Um, and then also the the meditations from the DP manual with Sean O'Connor. Now that I would listen to on repeat. I let that sucker play while I was sleeping on repeat. Um, so that it would get into my subconscious. Um, that you know, I'm no, I'm not in any imminent danger. Um, so that's what I would do prior to going to sleep, right? When I would wake up. Um, what would scare me the most was going from room to room. So I would wake up and then I would, cause you know, if you're, if you, if anybody's out there who suffered with DP or DR um, or some high anxiety or panic attacks, you're constantly checking in, right. To see if anything, if this has gone away. So when you first wake up, you're like, oh, okay. What's today like? Did it go away? And um, so I had to make it my business to try my best to distract myself when I first woke, woke up and not constantly check in. So I would immediately get busy. So I'd go brush my teeth, go get in the shower, maybe meditate, um, just start getting ready for work um, earlier than usual. I wouldn't, I would say don't pick up your phone right away and get on Instagram or, or, or Facebook. And I know it's super hard because I'm like addicted to Facebook. I'm on it all the time, posting all the time. But during that time, I had to stop because for some reason, like even the light on the phone was just a little too much for me. Um, it was because I was having a light sensitivity issue. So you want to get busy right away when um, you wake up and just try your best not to constantly check in. So those are the really, and also um, I was taking a multivitamin every morning. I was taking magnesium and I was taking an iron pill. Oh, and fish oil. Your girl was taking it all. <laughs> so that was what I was doing. That was my morning ritual. And, that, and then that's what I would do at night to fall asleep. And I also started exercising regularly. So they were just, I personally was trying to do any and everything that was going to make me feel normal. But those are some of the tips that I would give you um, when you're looking to um, find comfort in sleeping and then find comfort when you first wake up. Because that first waking up out of waking up and just noticing that you, this DP is still there is one of the most frightening things. And you got to take, you got to be able to take the fear out of that and know that this is just a sensation. Um, and it will go away. I will recover. Um, and, and it's not a scary thing. I'm completely safe. My brain is not broken and I am okay. So that's what you got to do. I hope that works for you. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all, spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone, ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all, going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships, a uh, what? Going from one dead-end job to another, struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace. Nature finally took its course. On March 1st, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream 
world to which she calls the urban matrix and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold, and fearless and confident with mental health in the anxiety zone. All right, y'all. It is it's time for the anxiety zone. And I ain't got no guests this week, y'all. Y'all stuck with me. It's just me and you're going to like it. All right? You're going to love it. You're going to like it. Or you're just going to cut me off. <laughs> Whichever one is fine. But this week, um, I just wanted to talk to you guys about intrusive thoughts and how to deal with um, unwanted emotions that come with intrusive thoughts. And um, I'm here today to be a little bit in your face. Um, and also help you as I help myself to realize that unwanted emotions are created by thoughts and not by our circumstances. Um, and how we're going to get to the bottom of that is we're going to do like two or three quick exercises that, um, will help us to believe this. Cause you know, with people with anxiety, um, we have a lot of thoughts. And for some reason, if you realize, guys, when we have anxiety and we're having anxiety attacks and we're having panic attacks, we always believe the bad shit. But when we choose, when we try to, when we try to have good thoughts and all this stuff, we never believe the good shit. Like, uh, it's so crazy that um, we always believe the bad shit. And then when it comes to us um, trying to believe or thinking about good shit, we don't believe it. We just immediately think something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. This person is bad. This person is not right for me, or this person is attacking me, or this person don't like me. It's just this job. Um, these people in my job hate me. I'm going to get fired. Like It's always us believing bad shit, right? And we never be like, oh, no, she just didn't see me in the hallway, you know, and she maybe just didn't see me. So she couldn't say hi. That's it. That's all that was. Like, we're never just giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt of the doubt. And I won't say we, maybe it's just me. Like, I don't give myself the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times with my thoughts, and I go into these negative spirals. So, like I said, we're just here to prove. I'm here to prove to you that unwanted emotions are created by thoughts and not by our circumstances. Okay. And then what made me think of, this made me think of, um, the Bible scripture. Um, I think is as a man think is so, so is he, um, so what we constantly are thinking on, and we all know this, it's not cliche, but we all know that whatever we're constantly thinking on sometimes can manifest. So, um, if we know that in the back of our minds, maybe that will give us a lot more incentive to want to um, think more on the positive side of things than we are thinking on the negative side. Just releasing those negative emotions, releasing those negative thoughts and countering it immediately with keeping our minds on things that are more positive. So with that being said... Before we start with the exercise, I want everybody just to, um, and you know, with the exercises, I'm going to use myself, right? Because you know, I'm always like super transparent about who I am, what's, what I'm going through, like, you know, whatever. 
I'm, I'm just an open book, right? So um, I'm going to use myself in the exercise, but guys, please f- feel free to um, answer these questions for yourself, even maybe take notes and see how it's making you feel as we go through them. So before we start, let's take a note of how we're feeling right now. Like me right now, I'm feeling all right. I'm calm. I'm calm. You know, I'm calm. I'm chilling. I'm home alone as usual. <laughs> um, you know, my pretend boyfriend is over here watching me record. Hey, boo, how you doing? He likes to watch me. So, you know, I'm doing and I'm doing the podcast. So I'm just chilling I'm, and, and I'm feeling all right. You know, I'm not I'm not on edge. So take some assessment of how you're feeling right now as you're um, getting ready to go into this exercise. Right. And let's keep that in mind. OK, um, so now we should all I want I want you to pick pick an unwanted emotion. Right. That you don't want to experience anymore. And it could be something from the past or the future. So for the past, it could be um, maybe you lost your job um, and you feel like you're unworthy. Um, maybe your parents or your mother or your father ain't shit or they told you that you ain't shit. And you have all these feelings and emotions of uh, feeling like you ain't shit. Um, it could be a future thing. Or, or also even the past stuff, like um, it could be a shame thing about you not liking the way you look. I don't like my, my nose. I don't like my face. I, my butt's not big enough. My stomach's not flat enough. It could be any of those unwanted emotions um, that come up for you. Or it could be future things where you just feel like you're, something bad is always going to happen. Or whenever you go out into a crowded room, some, some, something bad is a fight's going to happen. Like something bad is going to happen to your child or anything, any, any kind of bad, unwanted emotion, right? Think of that emotion right now. I'm just going to give you all a couple of seconds. We're going to think on it. So now that we've brought up that emotion... Um, let's give that, give attention to the thoughts about the bad circumstances that may happen in the future. Like, so if you're thinking like, um, something bad is going to happen, say you have a child or you have a loved one or something, you think something bad is going to happen to to that person the minute they walk out the door and you're just constantly in fear of that. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's crippling fear. How does that feel to you? How does that feel to you? And what are you, what are you, what are you thinking about? What are you imagining? What story are you telling yourself? Um, and acknowledge how it feels for you. So you can take a few seconds and think about that. Cause I'm doing the same. So I got my story. Um, and my unwanted emotion is, um, abandonment and always feeling like I'm getting left or thrown away. Right. And that is my constant story that I tell myself, right? Um, but before, so before I thought about that emotion, and this is what I want you guys to realize, is before we started thinking about the emotion, you didn't have that feeling of whatever your unwanted emotion was. So before I started thinking about 
um, abandonment over there. I was feeling fine, right? Then I started, even, even when I say the word abandonment or feeling thrown away, I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's so strange. It's very weird, but it happens. So I just know that the minute I, I can go, I can take myself from zero to a thousand on the pity train as with my thoughts. So once we started thinking about those emotions, you might have even started to feel something physically or you were starting to feel those emotions kind of well up in you. Um, And your thinking is creating these emotions, right? So if your thinking is creating these emotions, um, then that means that it's really your thoughts and your your unwanted emotions that, that are created by the thoughts, right? So you thought about being not cute enough. You thought about being fat and you didn't like that circumstance, right? And you were telling yourself a a lie that my weight is not good enough for whomever, for whatever, because it's really not a fact. Um, That's not a fact that your weight is not good enough. So you've taught yourself or you're telling yourself that this is something bad, right? So it's causing you to feel bad. It's causing that emotion. So if we can say that the thoughts are really what's causing the emotion, it's not the circumstance. It's not that. It's not you being fat. It's not you feeling like you're ugly. That's causing the um, the circumstance. It's your thoughts. And I know it sounds a bit crazy. And I'm trying to break it down as best as I can. And that's why I felt like I should just be the only one telling all this on this episode. But I'm challenging everyone to really to really analyze and assess what you're thinking and how it's making you feel. And this also relates back to the episode when I was um when I was talking with Fran about how we have to get in Hey Fran Hey, which that was one of the best episodes that I've had so far. And a lot of people still reach out to me to this day and Fran. And that was on manifesting the damn thing. And you have to be aware of the thoughts that you're having and how it's making you feel because you're not going to be able to manifest anything that is of good, anything that is joyful, anything that will, um, of any kind of success. If you don't align how you're feeling, right? So if we're if we keep thinking these untrue thoughts about us not on, about ourselves. So for me, my untrue thought is that I'm unworthy, I'm not good enough, people always throw me away. That's just not true. You know what I'm saying? Just because of what has happened to me in my life um in my history with my father, I think it has I have started I have started to tell myself that People just throw me away, but that's not true. You know, that was one particular instance that happened, um, but it doesn't, it does not mean that every person that I meet will throw me away. It does not mean that um, I'm unworthy. You know, it does not mean that I'm trash and I'm just something that just gets to be thrown away. That is a story that I'm telling myself and it is a negative intrusive thought that I'm choosing to believe. So now I have to make it my business not to believe that thought. Um, and to shift those unwanted emotions um, that are creating to, creating these thoughts and realizing that this is what's creating my circumstance. So I hope that makes sense to you guys, right? And if not, we can do another exercise. We'll try to do another one real quick. 
All right. Let's see if this one, this exercise works for you. So take a moment again and pick an unwanted emotion. You can pick the same one or another one, right? And identify whatever circumstance you think is causing the emotion, right? So um, someone gets fired from the job. So they're now ashamed that they got fired from the job, right? So the the unwanted emotion is the shame, right? And then the circumstances getting fired from the job. So some the the way you can assess how um thoughts and circumstance have nothing to do with each other is because one person so t- take person A. Person A and this actually happened. Uh, I have a friend of mine who had a job, hated the job and um knew that something was going on in the job that he might not have he might not be having his job when he comes in the next morning, right? But prior to that, he was like he wanted to quit. He was just over it, right? So when he comes in on Monday, um, the people tell him, "Hey, man, listen, y'all, got, we gonna cut these ties. Uh, don't you know? I ain't gonna waste your time because, you, and I ain't gonna let you waste mine. It's time for y'all to go. It's time for you to go, right?" So his response was, "Thank you. I appreciate this because now." I can collect unemployment. I am so happy about this. He felt no shame. And it was because of his thoughts, how he was feeling and what he wanted for himself and his life and career and how he knew that this particular job was just not a good fit for him. Right? So that's person A. Person B would be somebody like me. I'm going through all of the anxiety and shit last year. I had a good job, good fucking paying job. And all I can think about is me losing this money. Oh, I'm not going to be getting this money no more. Um, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to pay my bills? Because you know, again, it's just me. I ain't got no man. I'm not, it's just no, no, I have no support system. It's just me. So I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. And I go in and I get fired because the nervous breakdown that I have and all the anxiety and all of that, it was just hard for me to perform in this job because I need to be on point with the type of work that I do. Right. So when that happened, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh God, one, I'm getting thrown away again. Here we go again. People just always want to throw me away Two, I was like, wow, I'm just such a failure. Right. So I'm thinking that, you know, all of this, the anxiety and all these, all of this shit, all those, um, those thoughts and whatever created this circumstance, but really what was creating this circumstance was just these bad thoughts. Like had I shifted my thoughts, like, all right, well this, Hey, it's no, no brainer. I can, it's a no brainer. I'll just go out here and get another job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine, you know? Um, and not feed into those emotions. Um, then maybe I wouldn't have gone into this whole suffering stage of feeling like, um, my unwanted emotions was created by my circumstance. So the unwanted emotions that I had actually was created by the thoughts that I started telling myself of, I'm going, I'm, I'm just someone who people throw away, you know, and 
that's not true. It's just simply not true. You know what I mean? Just because I got fired from this job does not mean that people just want to throw me away. It just means that that particular job was just not for me. You know, it just wasn't for me. And everything happened for a reason. The anxiety, the DP, the DP, the DR, all those things happened for a reason. I even had that job for a reason to pay off certain certain bills that needed to be paid off at that particular time for a reason. So those unwanted emotions didn't create, uh, were create, are created by my work. I'm sorry. Those unwanted emotions were created by my thoughts. They weren't created by my circumstance. Now, I hope y'all get that. I hope y'all get that. And I hope that you were able to go and do the exercise. And if not, you probably need to like rewind it again and, (laughs) and listen to it again, because, um, it really, I, I really think that this is one of the things that will really help us with our intrusive thoughts. Um, another example I can tell y'all um, about how to handle intrusive thoughts is maybe looking at how kids are, right? Um, when you're a kid, you're not thinking about shit. Like until, you know, something shit happened or whatever with trauma. But let's think let's think that there's a kid who hasn't had no trauma, no nothing, nothing happened to them. They are just happy. I can tell you guys a story. Actually, I'm gonna tell y'all a story. So I was like, I was a happy kid, you know? Um, I wasn't well, I wasn't aware of like beauty and um body image and none of that stuff, like at a young age, I wasn't aware of none of that. So I was just a happy kid who always wanted to laugh, who always ha ha kiki. And, you know, my mom had me in piano lessons and African dance class and singing classes. Like I was, you know, just living this cute life. Right. And most kids don't feel in the beginning of their lives, don't feel shame or embarrassment. Right. So I, I believe like shame is a learned behavior. It's learned from um, experiences is learned from people projecting their shit on you or it's, and it's learned from like, um, you know, s- certain perspectives that you have, um, in, re- in, in, in certain perspectives you'll have that of other people, um, in, c- in comparison to you. Right. So again, like I was saying, I never felt shame about being dark skin until, um, I think, And not to say that I feel shame about being dark skin now, I don't, but I'm going to tell y'all when the break happened for me as far as shame um, was, I think I must've been about nine or 10, right? And there was this pizza shop guy. And if (laughs) my best friend, if she's listening, she's going to, she'll probably laugh because she thinks this is one of the funniest stories. So I'm hanging out with my friends um, and um, yeah, I must've been like 10 or 11, like, I don't feel, yeah, I feel like I was like 10 or 11. So I'm hanging out with my friends and all the guys is like in front of the pizza shop. And there's these boys that used to always be in front of me. It's like a set of, a set of four of them. Um, and they were so mean sometimes um, and be like, you know, chasing us and throwing rocks at us and taking our sneakers and throwing our sneakers in the street, like crazy shit. So, <clears throat> but this particular time, like they was chill mode. They was low key. And we were all standing in front of the pizza shop. I went. So my friends go in and they want to go get pizza. And I think I was like outside talking to somebody. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go inside and get me a slice of pizza. Um, and I had my hair in like these cute little like cornrows with this like ponytail at the top of my head. I think like the ponytail was like in the middle of my head or whatever, however it was set up, right? With these like braids. I, I think that's how my hair was. 
So I walk into the pizza shop, right? And the pizza shop owner, this Italian dude, he looks at me and his eyes get mad big, right? Like he done seen a ghost. And he was like, oh my God, oh my God. Buckwheat just walked into the building. (laughs) So now I'm like, so I look, I'm looking around like, oh, this motherfucker talking about me, right? So immediately, instantaneously, the whole pizza shop starts erupting into laughter. The boys, they, you know, the boys, they took that shit and they ran with it. I want to say the motherfuckers called me Buckwheat for a smooth two to three years after that, right? So um, I remember clearly um, when that happened, I kept my head held high. That's one of the things that my mom always just taught me, like, no no matter what. I always kept my head out, I held high. I didn't cry. I just would pretend like that shit wasn't even happening because I had never experienced something like that before. You know, and I was, I I remember being very embarrassed, but I also remember trying to save face. So, um, I went back, we went back to my friend's house and I was just like, wow, that nigga called me buckwheat. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit. And the thought occurred to me like, damn, why did he call you that? You know? And then I started to feel shame about my looks. Like, well, he called you that because you're dark skin, and he called you that because this is how your hair was, or he called you that because you got big eyes, or and he called you that because your lips were big. So I didn't know anything about shame until that situation was projected on me. You know what I'm saying? So prior to that, I had no thoughts about being ugly as a child. I had no thoughts about any of that. I was actually just very happy uh, with who I was, you know, and then that experience shifted all of my thoughts. So then I had this, then I started telling myself all of these stories that these untrue stories, these intrusive thoughts about who I am that then in turn started to fuck with my self-esteem and cause my circumstance and the self-esteem, which was the thoughts. It was thoughts that was causing the low self-esteem. It wasn't the circumstance. It was the bad thoughts that I was telling myself constantly over and over again. So the effects of discovering your emotions are that are the effects of discovering that your emotions are created by your thoughts. Um, um, and you realize that you're blaming others for your suffering. You know what I'm saying? You're really like when you start to realize that you're, you're really actually blaming others for your suffering is because it's an eye opening thing and it's in your face and you know, like, wow, okay, I I control my thoughts. I control what I choose to accept about myself. I control these unwanted emotions. Because if I don't want these emotions, all I have to do is change my thoughts. That's all I have to do. And it seems really, it seems like it's easier said than done, especially for us who who are suffering with anxiety. But once you are able to control your thoughts, you no longer have to feel powerless over your emotions. And how many of us just don't want to feel powerless over our emotions? Like I swear to y'all, I, I it's the hardest thing for me to change my thoughts. It really is. But the more and more that I'm doing it, the more and more powerful I feel about controlling my emotions and controlling the things that I do, controlling acting out, controlling my self-esteem, controlling how confident I am in myself. You know what I'm saying? Like these are this is an imperative thing for us. Um, to figure out. This is an imperative thing for us to learn. Um, and there's so much more on it to talk about in your thoughts. I just can't, I just, 
it's just too much to get into right now, but there's so much more um, on thoughts where you will no longer have, you will no longer have fear um, about what others do. You'll no longer be afraid to love. You'll no longer be afraid to do the things that you love out of fear of judgment. And you'll no longer be be afraid of failure once you get a hold of how you handle your emotions and get a hold of unwanted emotions, assess those unwanted emotions and know that those unwanted emotions are coming from your thoughts and not the specific circumstance that you're in. Oh, guys. I mean, I know it's a mouthful and I know it was a lot and it can be confusing at times, but if I was to just boil this down to one, one thing, the one thing is, is that if my ass going through depersonalization, high anxiety, depression, loneliness, um, just out here doing all kind of crazy stuff and feeling all kind of crazy stuff, if I was able to buckle down and get my thoughts to align with my feelings, I most certainly think that you can. And all we got to do is when those unwanted emotions come, right? The anger, the sadness, and all of that. We don't blame it on the circumstance. We blame it on the thoughts. And once we blame it on the thoughts that we're telling ourselves that's making us sad, that's making us angry, that's making us lonely, that's making us depressed, once we assess those thoughts and say, but I'm going to change how I feel, I'm going to change those thoughts because and start to assess the situation that you're in. If you are lonely, then you should change your thoughts to listen. Everybody has their turn. There is somebody out there for me. And while I'm in this lonely state, I'm going to take myself out to eat. I'm going to go to the gym and get my body right. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to go to a bar and sit to the bar and have a drink by myself because I feel good about how I'm feeling right now to have this drink. It's those type of things that you might want to do to change your feelings, change your emotions, and change those thoughts. I hope that was good for y'all. I hope it worked for y'all. If if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me. Email me. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know how you feel. That's all I got. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that um, conversation and it was enlightening for you and you're making decision to start to change your thoughts. And, you know, I always like to leave y'all with affirmations. So these affirmations for this week will be about um, overthinking and intrusive thoughts. And these are six affirmations to repeat to yourself when you are overthinking. So the first one is I hold the power to control my thoughts. If I choose to, I hold the power to control my thoughts. If I choose to neither the past present or future can be changed through my overthinking, neither the past present or future can be changed through my overthinking. I will not let my imagination plant improbable futures into my mind. I will not let my imagination plant improbable futures into my mind. I cut the strings to my obsessive thoughts and let them drift away. I cut the strings to my obsessive thoughts and I let them drift away. The true beauty of life can be only found in the present moment. The true beauty of life can only be found in the present moment. I am far greater 
than the sum of my thoughts. I am far greater than the sum of my thoughts. Once you start to remember that you are far greater than the sum of your thoughts and that those negative thoughts are just simply untrue and we choose to believe all the positive things about us, that we deserve love, we deserve abundance, we deserve happiness, we deserve joy, I think we'll just always be on the right path. So we've just got to believe in the good and we got to be vulnerable enough to believe in the good. I ain't going to hold y'all. I ain't going to let y'all hold me. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.